Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Growingingrace.org, the website with um, the podcast, Growing in Grace. We ourselves are growing in grace as we grow in grace together on our (laughs) podcast. Growing in grace is when people grow in grace together. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sounding vice presidential. Never mind. Never mind. Forget about that. Forget about that. I didn't say that. Um, just trying to sound, you know, like I mean something, and and I mean it. And when I say something that I mean, I mean what I say, and I say it with <laughs> meaning. I'm Joel Brzezinski. <laughs> we forgive my, you, along with Mike Kapler. I need lots of forgiveness. Um, the Growing in Grace podcast found at GrowingInGrace.org. Like I said, all past podcasts are archived there. You can listen to all of them, every single past one that we've done over the last. 18 and a half ish years, a little bit more than 18 and a half years, and find out what we have had to say about stuff and use, and, and, and seriously, I'm, I mean, I s- say this kind of in a silly way, but true, it's true. Use the Holy, I mean, let the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. You can use us as, you know, you can listen to us, hear what we have to say, but have the Holy Spirit be your teacher. The anointing, as we were talking about, the anointing abides in you, and uh, the Holy Spirit is your guide and teacher. Mike Kapler, what's going on? Joel, I have a confession. A confession. Um, now, when I say that, I wonder what comes to people's minds. When I say I have a confession, do you think people think that I'm going to start openly admitting sins that I've committed? I mean, do you think that's the first thing that popped into people's minds? I doubt it. Well, I hope so, because I want to hear some dirt on the cat. (laughs) (laughs) It's all been taken away, brother. (laughs) The dirt is gone. Yes. Um, So I have a confession. So I, I said that mainly to try to get us into our conversation here today, in that when I said that I have a confession to make, I wasn't really referring to I have to confess sins. But that's what a lot of people will suddenly change their mind towards when they think of confession and the Bible. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot about confession that uh, is spoken about in in the New Testament writings, and most of them have nothing to do with confessing sins. So let's talk a little bit about this, because we kind of hit on it last week in the book of Hebrews when we were in chapter 4. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. The writer also mentioned this in in, uh, Hebrews 3.1, therefore, holy brothers. By the way, notice how he referred to them as as holy people in Christ. Hmm. You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. Our confession, what we want to get to, I think, here today is... Our confession isn't repeated announcements between us and God or to anybody else about our failures and sins. Our confession in this new covenant is Jesus Christ. Now, there was a a time, you know, like when Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 10, he talked about a confession of sorts, 
a confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul encouraged, uh, on a couple of occasions, to hold fast to that confession. Not only Paul, but uh, just making a point here to get things rolling. The confession is about Christ, our faith in him, and and we hold fast to that. Right, Joel? Yeah, that's... (laughs) It's so important for us to understand. I mean, it is really good because for so many years, to me, life in Christ was a series of of confessions in the sense that you were talking about that many people might understand that word as meaning, you know, the confession of sins. Uh, It was like every single time I felt I did something wrong or even wasn't living up to, you know, even wasn't doing right, not necessarily having done something wrong, but wasn't doing the good that I knew that I should do. You know, I would confess, and it was about confessing all the time to Christ, and the Bible has this word, confess, throughout, you know, confess and confession. When we came to see what this word confess and confession really means, you know, that opened up a whole new world. It's it's something that's totally totally different. Basically, the, what the word confess or confession, what it's the idea that it's giving, if you, if you look at the, you know, if you look at it in English, it's translated in English as confess or confession, so, you know, so many times. But if you look in the original meaning of the word, it means to say the same thing as another, to agree with, to assent, to not deny. It can even mean to declare. But it means it's just saying you're agreeing with something that's true or you're acknowledging that something is true. So like the confession of Christ, you're not confessing your sins, but you're acknowledging Christ. Like in Romans 10, Romans 10 is uh, one of the biggest ones here where it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That word confess isn't about confessing your sins. It isn't about confessing how bad you've been. It isn't confessing anything like that. It's the one confession that we make, and that is the confession of Jesus. Confess, acknowledge the Lord Jesus. Uh, Acknowledge the truth. Paul writes a a lot here about Jesus in in, in this book of Romans, and we're actually thinking about doing a uh, a series. It might uh, be a longer series, who knows, but on the book of Romans, it's been suggested to us, and it's something we're thinking about doing here. And throughout that book of Romans, Paul talks a lot about Christ and what he has done with Christ, what what he did. And he wants people to acknowledge, to say the same thing as to assent to the truth that Jesus is Lord. And so if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's really what that word is talking about. And like you said, last week we brought up from Hebrews, let us hold fast the confession. Let us hold fast the, the confession. And that, that confession is the Lord Jesus. It's not, let us hold fast the confession of our sins. It's a different kind of confession. It's, it's agreeing upon the finished work of Jesus Christ that the book of Hebrews really talks about throughout. So if we begin to understand what that word means, and when we see that word throughout the New Testament epistles, we can understand that it's it's not talking about confessing of sins, but really the focus is uh, is an acknowledgement of the truth of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and I think where people always get a little bit tripped up is is on First uh, John 1, 9, yeah. uh, where we, we chop up a, a, a verse, we just, j- just chop it up, don't consider anything else from the New Testament. <laughs> or even John's letter, 
if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Real quick, that first opening part of that letter, uh, John is addressing people who were scattered about amongst believers in Christ, who were part of a, a movement that didn't believe that sin even existed and that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. And so he's addressing that before in chapter two, he begins to address the believers within that that Christian community. So, I mean, when you stop and think about it, people who don't believe that Jesus came from God and, and don't really believe that, that sin is, is, is a reality, he's just telling them, look, if you admit that you have a sin problem, God is able and faithful and just to forgive those sins, to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Well, if God's able to cleanse from all unrighteousness, cleanse us from sin and, and from all unrighteousness, then why do we have to keep repeating it all the time every time we make a mistake? Nobody can keep up with that. Right. <laughs> I don't care how good you are at it. At the very best, you'll, you'll forget some things, and you might not even be consciously aware of some things you're doing that would be identified as sin and therefore go unconfessed. So all unrighteousness is what God is cleansing us from, but this is done by blood. And by the way, John goes right. on several more times throughout his letter to clarify this in talking about a confession of Jesus Christ, a confession of Christ that came from God, somebody who, who admits and confesses that and agrees with that Jesus came in the flesh. We don't deny that. And those who do are antichrist. So just wanted to slip that in real quick, Joel, because I know most people, when they think about confession or confess, they think of sins and needing to repeatedly do that. But again, as we've talked about many times on, on our program here, why would God require that when he points out that because of the rec reconciliation that came through Christ, God is no longer counting sins against us and that they've been removed and taken away and forgiven for all time. So... Let's right. uh, let's keep that in mind with this this within the context of the new covenant and the blood. Yeah, and and Paul throughout all his epistles, he he never once mentioned the confession of sins. <laughs> he ne he never in in his giving the of the gospel and of explaining the gospel to people, he never told people to confess your sins. So like you say, John was writing to people at the if you read the very beginning of First John, right from the beginning, he's declaring to them something about the word of life, about Jesus Christ. He's, he's something that some people don't know and understand. They've actually touched him. They've actually handled him. They've seen him because there were people who denied that Jesus had come in the flesh. He's saying, yes, we, he has come in the flesh. We've seen him. We've been with him. We've, we know that he came in the flesh. And in verse 8 where he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Well, that, So that's not believers because they have already understood that sin was an issue. Believers aren't saying there's no such thing as sin. He was addressing people who say there's no such thing as sin. And so he's asking them to acknowledge, like you say, the reality, so that all of this stuff that he is declaring about Jesus, they can understand it and go, oh, yes, okay, so I do need this Jesus after all. Because if, if I believe that there was never any such thing as sin, if I don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh, then I have no need for him. And so he's telling them of their need for him and asking them to acknowledge that truth. So that's when it comes to the confession of sin. It's not about believers over and over again confessing their sins in order to receive a renewed forgiveness. Because like you said, it was done once and for all through the blood, not through our confession 
And so there's many other instances of this word confess and confession throughout Scripture. And when it comes down to it, uh, it's it's about the confession of Christ. I mean, Second Corinthians nine thirteen, Paul is talking about. Well, he's talking about a lot of things in this in this uh, epistle. But he says, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. So this confession again, once again, it's a it's a confession. It's an acknowledgement of the gospel of Christ that Paul is talking about here. It's a, it's not a confession of sins, not a confession of how bad they've been. It's simply confessing, acknowledging the reality of Jesus Christ and and the good news of the gospel. So when you see this word confession, just, you know, be careful that you notice what is being talked about, look at context and all of, and what is being said around it so that you don't get stuck with uh, the idea that you have to go around confessing your sins all the time. Right, yeah, and Paul to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you are called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of, of many witnesses. Compare that to this, Joel. I'm just plucking this out just for the sake of our conversation, but Daniel 9.4, Old Covenant stuff here, right? I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O oh Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him <laughs> and with those who keep his commandments, of which we know the total number of that is zero, by the way. But I, I just wanted to point that out because that's quite a different approach than what we're talking about here inside of a, a new and better covenant. That is way different. Yeah, if you think about confession then uh, under that covenant versus confession um, that we're talking about. It is completely different, and it's something that we need to understand. Uh, again, I think part of the problem, it's at least as I see it, is the the way that the word is translated in English. It probably, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the meaning of it was probably clearer to those who speak that language, and that's why when we talk about this, we kind of do have to bring out the like the Greek meaning, that it doesn't mean like, I confess, I confess that I'm guilty. It's not a confession of guilt, that word confess. It's, a, it's an acknowledgment of something. In this case, an acknowledgment in the New Covenant, an acknowledgment of Christ. Okay, what about then, I, I don't know if we were going to bring this up or not, but what about James? What about James when he says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed? That's James 5 16. Does that mean that we have to confess our sins? Other words, God's never going to heal us. Uh, we're just going to be stuck with uh, physical ailments. Or does that mean something else? Boy, the weather sure looks nice <laughs> outside today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't want to talk about James. No, no, I'll tackle it. I'll tackle it. It's not like I play for the Cornhuskers here. I can make we'll this tackle. tackle. You make a tackle. <laughs> um, I'm kidding for those in Nebraska. I'm just joking around. Um, oh, he's serious. Well, man. look, it, it's it's probably one of a couple of things, Joel. I mean, either, either James did believe in, in the con ongoing confession of sin, or he, let's say he was referring to, and, and I prefer to, to think of it along this line because it harmonizes with what we've been talking about, what, what Paul talks about when it comes to confession, um, the writer of Hebrews and so on. And, and that is that sometimes people have things bottled up. They don't need to confess to be forgiven, um, but they need to uh, talk to somebody, 
Now, you can talk to God, but you can uh, hopefully maybe find somebody else, too, who can keep a secret. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's, let's be honest with ourselves here. You don't necessarily want to go confessing things to people who have a weakness with gossip. <laughs> yeah, the gift of gossip. <laughs> I have a, you confess, you, you pour your heart out to a friend, and, and then uh, they say, now I have a confession. Uh, I struggle with gossip. Uh, well, that would be a downer, right? But there are people who will, you know, seek therapy and so forth because they want to be able to unload on somebody. Or maybe they're just, you know, they're struggling with some something that they, they, they don't want other people to know about, you know, not a lot of other people anyway. And so there's that, and it can bring in an emotional healing with that. Yeah, so I think that's really what what that is about. That's kind of how I, that's how I see it too. And I I think that it it's it's healthy for not only for mental health, but a lot of times when people have mental issues, mental problems, bottling up of things, it it does affect their physical health as well. And so again, like what you're saying, with trusted people, not just with with anybody. But sometimes it's it's helpful to bring these things out to get you know to not let it be bottled up anymore. And and I've heard stories of, of this happening with people when they've been able to unload these things on tr- again trusted people, not just anybody. That they've had mental relief, but not only mental relief, but physical problems that have been healed. And I don't mean supernaturally, not not that we don't believe in supernatural healing, but but because you get the mental issues taken care of the things that are bottled up, you can breathe, you can relax, and, and you've, you notice that some of your physical ailments are, are better too. So not, didn't really mean to get into all of that, but it was, it was, it was. It was <laughs> well, Joel, look, that, that's, good. that's just a perspective that we're providing, right? right. I don't know for sure right. where James was coming from because, you know, you and I are on the, the same page and that we believe James was still of the persuasion that Jews who believed in Jesus were still under the obligation to, to keep the law. Animal right. sacrifice is the whole bit. But we're providing another perspective on, and, and I think a real perspective on people today, uh, if they need to open up to somebody, they, they should be able to do that. Again, not not to receive forgiveness from God, but maybe to receive some some other type of emotional healing. And, and, and let me just say this too, Joel, you know, we, we started out in kind of, kind of in Hebrews, we've been talking about Hebrews recently. And, and again, uh, 4.14, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold our confession. And then he said a whole bunch of stuff between Hebrews chapter 4 and then gets toward the end of Hebrews chapter 10. And we've, we've done a whole series on the book of Hebrews. But he says this in Hebrews 10.23, Uh, After saying that, way back in Hebrews 4, he says this. It's almost like a repeat. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So you see, it's not so much about our faithfulness to God, but his faithfulness to us. It's not so much about our love for God, but his love for us, which causes a response to love him back. So I just wanted to kind of point that out there when we talk about this this confession thing. It's, it's, it's really all about a confession of Jesus Christ and his faithfulness to us. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.